Welcome to the Citizens Theatre Podcast, a series of bite-sized, behind-the-scenes blethers with some of the people involved in making great theatre for the people of Glasgow. For this episode, we're bringing you a post-show talk featuring the cast of Rita, Sue and Bob Two, recorded live in the auditorium on Tuesday 13th of February 2018. It's an open and frank discussion, so be warned, there's quite a lot of strong language. The discussion was introduced by our artistic director, Dominic Hill. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks so much for staying for this uh, Q&A. Uh, my name is Dominic Hill, I'm the Artistic Director of the SITS, uh, and I'm standing in for Kate Wasserberg, the Director, who should be here, but unfortunately is not well. But uh, it's not me that's going to be doing all the talking, it's hopefully you and the cast, uh, and uh, can we just have a round of applause for a fantastic oh. performance. Can we, can we can we just introduce yourselves? Oh, I'm uh, I'm Dave. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sam. Gemma. I'm Sally. I'm James. I'm Taj. I was just wondering, watching it tonight, as you come to the end of it, how has uh, has has the response to to the show been as you expected? How, do you feel differently about the play by the end of this tour? Uh, how, yeah, how do you feel about it now? Every single night is different. I think we're on our 114th show tonight. And you can never tell what the audience are going to be. Like, every night is completely different. I think that's why it keeps it fresh. Because everybody reacts to it differently. No one person is the same, really. We've had... um uh, people come for very many different reasons. A lot of the time it's because they absolutely love the film, which I'm sure many of you have seen as well. And because of that, um, some audiences um, get more involved than, than other audiences do by, by shouting out lines from the film that weren't particularly in the play, which, of course, came first. Um, and, and it's the, what, the great thing about um, a lot of this tour is that we've been to many, many places, but um, Doncaster is one that stands out. They have a magnificent theatre there that is new. It's only five years old. Um, They really fought hard to build it. And it doesn't get that well frequented. Um, But on the the last four shows, I think it was, they were almost at 100% capacity. And of that 100% capacity, there was something like 70% that had never, ever been to the theatre before. So, so every audience is absolutely different. And if, we, if we've brought, I think for a lot of us, if we've brought people in who've never been to the theatre yeah. because they love the film or because they know about uh, you know, the film, um, then that's been a, an absolute brilliant thing for, for all of us. So we kind of welcome whatever the audience wants to bring to it, really. Um, we're, we're just very happy... That you, uh, that you come along, so thank you for that. <laughs> this is the most people I think that's ever attended a Q&A. It's yeah. amazing, I'm like, wow. It's great. <laughs> it's so brilliant that everyone's so engaged, and yeah. I love that. Well, why yeah. don't we... Just take a photo, everybody with. <laughs> <laughs> because that, cause there are so many people here, why don't we open it straight out yeah. to yeah. the yeah, yeah, audience? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what's most interesting, I think, is actually, I think it's the younger audience that clock on to the grooming and, and take an instant dislike to what's going on. 
um, we, we went to Warwick University and the, the students there were, were so judgmental of it immediately. And you could feel it from them, like totally. And, yet, and, and they just kind of sit there like that. <laughs> whereas, it, yeah, whereas people from that generation kind of go, oh, that's what went on then. And, and actually, what's, what's brilliant about the play now... It does yeah. still It still go. totally oh, yeah. does, totally. Yeah. Well, the reaction, well, I think people feel that the reaction to it in this play is different to what... If this play was written now, it would be a very different play. Yeah. It's timeless, it is, yeah. yeah. It's 35 years ago that she wrote the play. And I think it's interesting that, that we're in a, a, in a similar socio-economic um, a period of our lives, 35 years on. Um, you know, we, we, we are still looking at the, the themes of, of grooming and um, we're more aware of them now because of the media and, and how it's related in the press. So I think I, I'm not sure that anything really has moved on in those in those yeah. 35 years. I think we're we're living we're under the same sort of government. We're just all sorts. We're just more yeah. aware. Yeah. Than that 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 is wrong. And mm. Mm. I don't know. And uh, and that they for Bob, I think if the play was written now, there would have to be some comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Whereas. Back then, the choice is to have it out in the street and for them, everyone to carry on with their lives, mm, yeah. which is the big difference, I think, between then and now. And also, this is a very particular uh, part of the world, which, and it's about how they deal with it on yeah. their estates and in their... And she's dealing with people that... Sh- she's dealing with very much her own surroundings and what yeah. she experienced, so I think yeah. it's a very specific... Yeah, we have to, we have to remember that this... This is largely an autobiographical piece by Andrea Dunbar because she was Sue and her best friend Eileen was Rita. So this, these were things that she heard, that she saw, that she related to, that happened to her. And she simply wrote them down because she was encouraged to by an English teacher initially uh, when she wrote The Arbor. So, so this is very much a real story. You know, it's not a fiction it's what she heard and what she saw, which is why the language is so raw, you know, why the situation, why there is a certain amount of joy in that situation because it was their escape, really, from the horrors of living at home with a drunken father, with, a, you know, with all those, those things that were against them. So, uh, uh, so I, we often worry about whether... We didn't laugh in rehearsals at all, I don't think, no. because we, in that very confined space, we saw that it... It was a lot darker than we ever imagined it, it would or could be or should be. Um, we and focused then, so much on those issues, yeah, didn't yeah, we, that it yeah, was just like... Yeah. And then we pushed in front of an audience and they thought it was hilarious. So we thought, oh, well, actually, we opened why is Bolton. it hilarious? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Kay, um, me and Gemma worked with a lady called Kay Mella and she was there on the opening night this play ever opened at the Royal Court with Andrea... And she said to us, Andrea walked out, and she was like, why are they laughing? Why are they all laughing? And mm. Kate, Kate explains to her, because the language, the way these characters behave, sometimes, you know, it... She felt like they were looking down the nose. The, at her, yeah. yeah. But the, it, the audience she, at the Royal Court, they were laughing at her rather than with her. With her. But there's an incredible cleverness to the women in the play, isn't there? There's mm. a real smart, smartness. I love that moment in that first scene when... Bob goes off and, and, and the girls turn to each other and said, do you really think he thought we were virgins? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and it's just, it really, like, 
surprises yeah. you, I think, yeah. on every turn. I think that's one of the things that really struck me. Yeah. And the, yeah. the women characters are the strength of the piece. Absolutely. Without that, the, the image of those three women in that final scene is just, I mean, the men come out yeah. of it terribly, and that yeah. just shows I think uh, the kind of f the, 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 yeah. the, the male figures in Andrea's life were just... Bob but is very but weak, isn't he? Yeah. But I also think that inadvertently that's incredibly relevant because she's asking, what do we expect men to behave like? We don't expect them to behave like this. So she's asking that question without actually throwing it down people's throats. We everything that's gone off recently with Harvey Weinstein and all that stuff. She's actually asking, what do we expect men to behave like? Not like this. We expect more from them. But what she's done is just written her experience so wonderfully vividly that she doesn't have to say that within the piece. And we, what we found, with the, especially with the talkbacks, is we've got this wonderful opportunity to present the play that Andrea wrote, and then we and you can speak and think about it. And that, that's just been, that's been magical. That's been a magical aspect to doing this to her. I think that's because she writes with no judgment as well. She doesn't judge anybody in, that, in the situation they're in. There's just, just that's something that happened to she her. She presents it, doesn't she? She presents yeah. what she... Even the way she writes Bob and Michelle's life together, no, just the, the, the Monday. She's written this when she's 19. And I don't think her mum would ever like Bob and Michelle. And it's like. <coughs> for her to understand that, her, yeah. For her to like. Well, it's just like shagging a bag of spuds, you know, writing that. It's, it just amazes me how she writes every character so. Real. Yeah, yeah. colourful. We've been surprised everywhere we've gone, really, about the, the reaction. Every one of them has been been great, you know, um, but it, but everyone has been different, and that's that's been a treat for us. We kept us on our toes, sorry. which has been great. I'm not drunk, promise. <laughs> we had a lovely group come to see us in Mould, and, and their tutor uh, were talking about how she was talking about working-class writers especially working-class female writers, with that group. Uh, and with that, alongside some other stuff we'd done, we just, it was funny how we became more and more aware of how there's a paucity of them. There's not many. There's a, we had one talk back and one guy mentioned that he saw a parallel with this play and um, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and that type of stuff. And actually, when you look at it like that, there's a, it, it's, a, it's a category that you could put four, five six at a push pieces together but it was lovely that the, the, the group came and the tutor was wanting to talk about working class writers and obviously Andrea's story and her background and the fact that she died at 29 and she never had any proper sort of support and I just think we found it quite sort of powerful that this play had brought people to talk about it on them, on them terms um, well the last I think the last revival was around 2000 I think it was yeah but then there was obviously a lot of uh, talk with the Royal Court, who were one of the co were one of the co-producers. Uh, but what the Royal Court had done recently, after the Harvey Weinstein allegations and Kevin Spacey stuff, had presented a sort of an afternoon uh, where people could go on stage and talk about their experience of similar circumstances. And then, with that in mind, and unfortunate allegations made around the original director, Max Stafford Clark, the Royal Court decided that they felt they couldn't morally uh, put the play on. Two days later, after Ferrari that ensued and talks of it possibly censoring Andrea's voice, they then changed their mind and 
thankfully agreed to put it on and it was successful. So as far as the press goes with that particular incident in this sort of period, sort of December through to now, I think that's brought people in. I think the fact that it, the last year was the 30th anniversary of the film, there was a lot of press about that. Uh, so 30, last year was the 30th anniversary of the play originally being put on at the Royal Court. So there was actually quite a bit of press it, stuff going on. I was saying that Huddersfield was yeah. sold out last yeah, August, yeah, yeah, yeah. so everyone yeah. knew what they were yeah. doing in Huddersfield. It's a t uh, in for me, it's a timeless play that, <laughs> that people know through mm. their... Through their a certain demographic certainly know through through growing up because of the film. Now Andrea didn't particularly like the film. She didn't feel the resolution was 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 how it should have been. Uh, but but American producers got hold of it and they sort of amalgamated the Arbor, which was her first piece that she wrote at fifteen, um, and Rita Sue and Bob too. And while she didn't particularly like it, it became iconic across the world really and I think that that is often when a production is on then I think that is often its draw as well because people have a, a memory of it from their from their youth from their uh, younger days and it's kind of uh, stayed with them you know through all these years and actually most of them say to us the play is really different to the film isn't it um which we're thrilled about because of course the play came first anyway so um so I think it is an amalgam of things. I think it's just one of those timeless pieces that people feel they know and therefore want to come and see. Well, uh, obviously, uh, to begin with, you, you, you're bound to feel disappointed. Um, I think that was obviously all of our first reaction. I think that's fair to say. And I think Vicky made a very, very brave decision to then reinstate it. I think that, you know, to, to, to be able to go, I've actually, I have mistake. made a mistake. Yeah. And obviously we were thrilled because we wanted to, we we felt like Andrea's play should be there and it and it shouldn't be, you know. It's, yeah. it, 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 we, we as well like we've lived with we had lived with this piece as well for five or six months by that point. So we we, mm. we just felt like we wanted to kind of yeah. show it. I, it was that simple, really. And, and it was born it, at the, the the Royal Court. You know, it was them that was commissioned on. it in the first place back in 1982 and. And, and therefore it's home really is, is the Royal Court and the Royal Court does magnificent work and um, you know you think is it is it right to revisit it 35 years on in that same place but actually you know if we listen to our audiences then then it absolutely was the right right decision to be made and the, the conversation we that it was during that turn. that three weeks yeah was, was it, brilliant astonishing. Yeah. The, like the, just the conversation, the conversations yeah. in the press and stuff, and just the, with the themes of on the themes of the play, not the nonsense surrounding it. It mm. was like people really kind of got it again, yeah, and, they it, did. and it was yeah. it was brilliant yeah. for that. I th I thought it opened a new conversation that we wouldn't have had if yeah. had that not happened. Yeah. You know. And how yeah. were the London audiences? Did they feel different? Did they not were great, really. actually. I thought they, they didn't. We were quite worried, actually. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't think they'd laugh. Honestly, I didn't think we'd yeah. laugh. Um, <laughs> and they did. Yeah. No, but having, having one had guy so went, go press. on, Bob. Go on, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect it. It was sad. sort of, go on, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Get stuck in there. Go on, Bob. Go yeah. on, Robert. <laughs> we still managed to have one night when somebody got asked to leave because they were drunk. Yeah, that was it. Oh, God, yeah. So that I, was the I, guy. I, as an Northern, I yeah. felt we'd achieved something like that. <laughs> <laughs> in London, in the Royal Court. Yeah. <laughs> no, wow. <well. laughs> <laughs> we were close. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, they were great. It, it, I always just, I always just think if a play is great anyway, why not put it on? What? Yeah. I don't matter where it's on. Don't matter when it's on. Matter when yeah, it's on I just think. See it. Yeah. yeah, this uh, shows you the conversation around all that is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But totally. I, th- yeah. I think yeah. what you said about it actually yeah. enabling a conversation to happen. Yeah. That w- I mean, I'm not saying that's the reason for it. Yeah. It should have been stopped, but. But that conversation that happened afterwards yeah. was extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. it was. We're in, we're in tricky times. We're yeah. in really tricky yeah. times, especially in our industry with yeah. all of this. So I think it's just a, a, it's a, it's a sign of, of how wobbly all that stuff is, and the fact that decisions can be made and then unmade, and it's great because it means that we're just going with the, the you know well, things. Are trying to figure out how to make it to, better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Why we made the New York Times twice oh. during that period. <laughs> I've not seen now that. that's quite extraordinary, really, mm. for a, a little touring theatre company. So. Yeah, I mean, she's a feminist, Andrea. Really, she she was she was writing very yeah. much about women, sort of fuck off men and women, yeah. and earning their own money. You know, she's, she's, she's running an Avon. She's looking you know. after the kids. She's running her own house. She's saying, "I'm not going to go anywhere near another man." She's having a drink with someone that she was almost in a huge fight with, yeah. which she wouldn't have won, but she tried. <laughs> oh, she would. <laughs> no, I'm saying I wouldn't have oh, won. Oh, you wouldn't. I'm saying <laughs> you would have won. So, I mean, you know, so absolutely, and that thing about the women coming together at the end, I think Andrea was a great sort of feminist voice of, of her time, you know. She was kind of ahead of herself. At 19 as well. I think, ahead yeah. of herself. 19, a second player. No proper support. Managed to do this off her own back because she found... An interest in it. She had two kids by then as well, she was it one? Yeah. She, did. she, she certainly two. had one by then. Well, had been living well, yeah. in a woman's refuge and all she took with her was her child and a, and a carrier bag full of handwritten scripts. Which were the art, oh, which ended up being the art. Yeah. Incredible. That is incredible. And that seems like a good note on which to, to finish. Um, thank you so much for staying behind. It's, it, I mean, it's brilliant to have so many people know, here. It's um, and it's been a fantastic discussion. Um, I'm sure you'll be in the bar yes. all week, I'm perhaps. Sure yes. We will. Um, <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, so, <laughs> just again, let's uh, put our hands together for our fantastic. No, Thanks for listening. You can now subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, why not leave us a review?